right, everybody. Welcome to Eldar Talks Games Industry. I am joined by my new co-host, Von Hyde. Uh, this is a kind of introductory episode into what I like to call industry version two. Uh, for those of you who have listened to the uh, very long episodes of industry, the first, I guess, six, maybe seven episodes, um, it wasn't very conversational. It was, you know, very scripted and talked about developers and parts of the video game industry. But today I am uh, flipping the script and uh, joining me for that is Mr. Vaughn Hyde. Vaughn, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, what you're all about. Hi. Yeah, I guess um, you had me on your other podcast. Eldar Talks Games. Uh, my name is Vaughn Hyde, obviously. I typically go for like indie games and stuff like that. I try to focus mostly on indie games, but I'm super excited to learn more about the games industry through this podcast. I've done a couple of different things. I've made like video, podcasting, written articles and stuff like that. So I'm excited to actually do something different, I guess. And you and I have been kind of spitballing and brainstorming like over text and stuff about some of the episodes we're going to do. Um for example, the first episode that you and I are going to tackle next month is going to be structured around the video game crash in the uh, in the mid 1980s, and then we're going to do a part two of that, kind of simulating like could that happen again, right? Um, so, um, a lot of what we're going to touch on is not only going to be like development stories, but it's going to be you know important parts of history in the industry. Like, do you have any specific uh, like favorite console generations or? consoles themselves like you kind of like lean more towards in favoritism i suppose i guess the consoles that i would lean more toward would be like i mostly just based on nostalgia would be like the original xbox and xbox 360 kind of a thing um but i'm excited mm. to pretty much go into like everything for the most part yeah i was thinking we can even do an episode on the uh red ring of death fiasco you know that'd be like a cool like 30 minute episode on how Microsoft reacted to it, the hit that they took and kind of how we're, you know, we're still seeing that in certain consoles like the PS4 with its heat sink issues as far as like how much noise it makes. Actually, I don't know if you have a PS4, but mine sounds like a jet engine taking off and I'm running out of money paying my in-home travel agent on fucking, you know, like I, I can't even play stuff. It sounds so loud. It's crazy. Yeah, I have the exact same issue. Every time I try to boot up any game, like for the most part, like we've been talking about how I'm playing Dark Souls 3 right now. And every time I start Dark Souls 3, yeah, it's like I'm about to take off. It's it's fantastic. I love it so much. So right now you said you were playing Dark Souls 3. Um, do you do you typically go for Souls likes or are you kind of dipping your toes in the water? I know that Dark Souls 3 kind of came out a little while ago. So you're a little late to the party, which is totally fine. I was just curious. Like, do you like Souls likes? Like, what kind of games do you like, et cetera, et cetera? So this will be kind of like, I, I guess this is me really just hopping into the pool and teaching you guys the weirdest shit about me is that I'm freakishly nitpicky and the small things can really change a game for me. I can either love it or hate it for that reason. And I think I talked about in uh, the Elder Sex Games episode about how I won't play Stardew Valley because I think the pickaxe animations look stupid. And so like Dark Souls... I've always loved the series, but I've always like hopped in, hopped out, never really like put too much time into it with the exception of Dark Souls 2 I played a lot of. Um, but recently I have been really just fascinated with the idea of shields in games, which is an odd thing to be into. But um, and the only like 
the only series that really does shields justice i feel is actually dark souls um and some of the souls like series obviously like bloodborne very sparse with shields you get like a shitty shield in the beginning but that's not really it um but i started and i decided (laughs) to like go out and buy dark souls because i wanted to kind of get my feel for shields because i've been watching a recent anime called bofuri which is all about like a shield maiden so i uh i started playing dark souls and realized like how kind of how much thought from software put in to these like these small things that i love so much so like when you get hit by something you hold on to your shield and you actually like get knocked back like in an anime it's very anime-esque and i thought that was so cool so i've never been drawn to souls like games by themselves it's mostly just the small things that get me so yeah that's honestly you're gonna realize it real quick that i'm just kind of an idiot and i focus on one small thing and i'm like man that's really cool the rest of this game can be shit but that right there that's awesome no it sounds like you like the nuance of it you know that's that's also like an interesting episode that we can do is how souls likes and basically like the soul genre ever since 2000 well 2011 right because when demon souls came out it you know for everybody that played it there was this fascination with the weirdness of it and the styling of it but then when dark souls obviously came onto the scene it, it changed so much like it changed it changed franchises in ways that i don't even think the franchises themselves expected like dark like dark siders 3 uh i don't know if you've played that game but that game is a souls like you can ob- obviously through like a firmware patch not a firmware patch what the fuck Obviously, through like a patch, you can uh, the developers made it so that you can go back to the original style of Darksiders. But that game launched as a Souls like, and then you know you had like such it's such blistering pos- like um, positivity towards like the franchise that resulted in a lot of like offshoots. Like Code Vein supposedly is like pretty decent, which I would think because it's vampire anime Souls that would be right up your alley, but. I don't know. Do you, is that something? Are you, are you kind of interested in Code Vein for that? Or are you going to kind of skip it? Maybe it looks a little weird. I don't know. I've been excited for... Well, I mean, Code Vein obviously came out months ago, but I've wanted to check it out for a long time, specifically because of, like you said, it's like anime like anime vampire souls. Also, I, I love the little bit of, like, God Eater that it seems to have brought in. Like, these, these large, like, colossal weapons versus Dark Souls is very much more, like, subdued, I guess, with their, with their weapon types, with the exception of, like, great swords and stuff like that. Um... But yeah, talking about like different episodes we could do. I mean, that's something I'm so excited for for this podcast is just looking into both the like larger, more broad topics like the video game crash and possibly analyzing um, the games industry now to see if that could possibly happen again or if we're seeing like small crashes similar to like the mobile market. But then also something like mm-hmm. these topics like Souls-like games or something that I think would be really cool is like romances in video games. I was talking to a friend of mine, Chase, a long time ago about how like romances are not depicted well in video games. They're actually probably like Mass Effect is amazing and I love the characters that I can romance in it. Like Tally fucking yeah dude she's fantastic but when you actually look into that romance it's not realistic in any way like that's being a person who's been in a a relationship for eight years it's much different in video games and it's portrayed much different in video games than in reality 
Hmm. I would. Um, oh, first of all, I uh, I did not know you were in a relationship for eight years. That's amazing. But yeah, um, yeah no, you're, you're kind of right. Like there isn't really good representation of relationships in video games, because while you were talking about relationships, the second you brought that up, I thought Mass Effect. And then verbally just now you said Mass Effect as well, which leads me to believe that like Mass Effect is really the only, um, I guess, champion of that because they give you the choice for and i guess dragon age inquisition did as well but i mean really the only other place it's kind of depicted well is in like walking simulators like gone home and stuff like that right yeah uh like talking about walking simulators i guess quote unquote like new age adventure games walking simulators however you want to say them um yeah like life is strange has kind of like life is strange actually is one of the few that i would say does relationships well but it's not like a long-term relationship it's like developing a crush and possibly revisiting like a relationship that you had set aside a long time ago if you go with like the chloe and max relationship um yeah there's there's quite a few games that actually integrate like relationships into them. And typically it's, it's through the lines of like some like Bioware, their games all have relationship systems, but when you look at them, they're not actually that good in a sense. Like you, you get to know this other person and you get to know most things about them. But other than like, I was listening to a podcast called Normandy FM and they talk, they typically talk about relationships and how, the end goal to those relationships in Bioware games is just to have sex with that person. Like that's the end of it. You don't go any further than that um, unless you play through all the games and then you get to see this more long form version of their relationship. But even then, like they take weird detours at times that just don't make any sense. So I'm, I'm basically just, I'm super excited to to go into big topics, large topic or big and large are the same thing. Um, small topics, just, I'm excited for more of the uh, like the eclectic nature, I guess, that this podcast could take versus like a very specific topic like indie games, which is what I'm used to. I was uh, I know we were kind of talking about it before I jump into this next, I guess, part of uh, the introduction podcast. Um, the only time I've seen a relationship done success like like well has probably been in The Witcher 3 with um, how you can whether you can like pursue um Tris, Yennefer, or yeah, Yennefer, Tris, and yeah. There's there's quite a few through The Witcher Three that you could actually do. It's pretty exciting. Well, yeah, yeah, but like you know, like with um, Kira Mentz, right? That one of the first like that you can kind of romance in the first third of the game. That one kind of ends. That one kind of also just ends in sex, which is spoilers, I guess. But yeah, no, I think <laughs> when it comes to, um, yeah, I mean, it does <laughs> like like straight up like you can like that's kind of where it ends. It's like oh that that's the end of that thread after yeah. Gar- girl slept with her, and then in the DLC, uh, there's also uh, what is it in uh, Blood and Wine? You can kind of open up a very brief, although I suppose it's more of a one night stand. Geralt, you you <laughs> he's smarmy. I, he's just he's smarmy. Geralt's but, a dirty boy. No, dude. um. He's just in it to win it. Well, it's such I mean? a, he's a dirty, he's a dirty boy, man. And you know, I had just played uh, The Witcher Three before uh, the quarantine, so like that would have also been a good way to pass the time as well. But uh, no, I um, I guess what I wanted to uh, what I wanted to bring up was you know, so so you put a lot of like not I guess identity is not the right word, but you put a lot of like your gaming past in the Xbox, the Xbox Three Sixty, um. What are some standout games on the Xbox and the Xbox 360 that, you know, I guess if 
you wanted somebody to know like your tastes, what would that, what would like, let's say like two, two on each platform be? Um, on the original Xbox, I would probably have to say something along the lines of, I mean, I guess technically this could go either way. So, um, like the original fable and fable, the lost chapters, some of my favorite games of all time. And really some of the games that got me into video games. Um, I mean, technically fable, of the lost chapters is just an extension of fable. So I'm going to leave that one. But then there's like, uh, there's games like psychonauts that I absolutely love. Technically I played it on PS2, but it's also kind of like a, a cross generation title or not cross generation, but cross console title. Um, and mm-hmm. like games like Champions of Norath, I, I loved that game so much when I was a kid. And honestly, finding it now is so hard and it's so annoying. And then I uh, games uh, champion. Have you ever played Champions of Norath? Yeah, I remember playing as like the uh, the whatever, whatever that universe's version of like a tiger Khajiit is. Yeah, the, so it's like. It's a really good game, but it's one of these like old nostalgic games that people really, really love. So now, as as far as I've seen, I've tried to find it, and it's like forty dollars. It's like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I can really like justify spending forty dollars on this game. Um, but then going to like the three sixty, uh, of course, I follow my like Fable lineage. I absolutely love Fable two. Fable three is where it hundred percent falls off. Not a fan of Fable Three. Oh man, do not like the journey either. I'll agree. Um, I saw it on Game Pass, and I was kind of staring down the dilemma of Fable Two or Fable Three, and I chose Three for some reason. I have no idea what happened. And um, what I came to figure out really quickly was that uh, you know how you can like spell weave, right? Well, if you do the the wind one and the lightning one, and you combine that, you can actually just hold B for the entire game. It literally lasts throughout the whole game. You don't need to use a sword. You don't need to use a gun. You just hold B, and that wipes out everything in the game. It's insane. Anyway. Something to like give Fable 3 a little bit of credit, something that they did which I thought was really cool was the evolution of weapons, even though that kind of took away from the, in a, in a way, like loot grind, like trying to find new weapons. Instead, you'd get like Reaver's Pistol, which is really, really dope. And the way you'd level that up is doing specific things that like Reaver would do. So mm-hmm. you could, you had to like do sharpshooting contests and you had to have uh, like an orgy, which was so weird, but so cool at the same time. So, but yeah, really, really fell off with Fable. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the prospect of a Fable Four though. That's right. I haven't heard anything about Fable Four in uh, I think forever. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything, but no, other than other than the team that works typically on the Forza Horizon games, possibly working on it. That's that's it. Yeah. There was the there was the Fable card game, I think. Was that either came out and got canceled or never came out and got canceled? I don't know. One of those, but okay. So so um at some point, and if I had to take a guess, during I guess the time you had an Xbox 360, you probably started diving into Xbox Live Arcade, which led you on this indie path of glory to where you now host an indie games podcast. Do you remember kind of like what your like foundational indie games were you know what the craziest thing is is that i never got into xbox live arcade that's like what yeah it's such a weird blind spot for somebody specifically that like loves indie games so much is that 
like watching indie game the movie and seeing how so many like they talk about xbox live arcade all the time in that documentary and then there's me who like didn't even know that was a thing honestly like this was my ignorance as a child not paying attention at all not knowing that xbox live arcade existed for the most part and then so like my love of like indie games technically i played indie games before but didn't notice it and then like later on when i started to work like i started to work at gamestop and i got way way more into indie games and way more in which is kind of weird because i like work at a retail store and then indie games typically only publish digitally. So it's like that doesn't add up, but uh, yeah, I didn't actually get into indie games until much further in life. Back in the day, you would see indie games have like box arts and stuff like that, which was cool. Now they're almost exclusively, I think like the last, Oh man, like the last indie game I saw that had a physical release was what? Like Thomas was alone or something like that. It was crazy. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Um, they, they come out pretty much constantly. It just depends on which ones you look through. So there's like, uh, there's merge games, which is technically in the UK, but still sells stuff in the United States. So they put out children of Morda physically. Um, and then of course there's all the games that, mm, that came to game pass not too long ago. Yeah. It's an interesting game. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of the combat in children of Morda, but other than that, like I love mm. the story and how it progresses, I think is really cool. I'm also just not good at video games, so roguelites kind of bother me. But yeah, but mm -hmm. how do you feel about? Oh, sorry. How do you feel about no. survival craft games? Um, I really enjoy them as long as they're not janky as shit. Ah, gotcha. Um, recently, I've, I've obviously, you know, like many people, have had a little more free time than normal. Me and my friend started playing Astro Near, which you sent me the no clip documentary documentary for that. I think that's kind of what spurred me into wanting to play it. And if you haven't played it, I recommend it very highly. I really want to. I've been wanting to play Astro Near for a really long time just because I love that art style so much. Like uh, we changed our logo um, on my indie games podcast, Indie Pod. We changed it from like an alien to like a little spaceman slash alien. And that's just because I absolutely... Yeah, I love the aesthetic of like astronauts and like spacefarers. So, yeah, I've been wanting to get into Astroneer for a really long time. And then, of course, there's games like like No Man's Sky, Ark and others that I've really wanted to get into. So eventually, once I build my PC um, after hopefully everything with the coronavirus just kind of blows over, um, cross my fingers that it does. But once I build my PC, I'm going to get much more into these kind of like survival craft games because I have a, a video idea, like a video series idea that I want to kind of do. But <laughs> well, do you do you have an Xbox one? Yeah, yeah, I have an Xbox one and Nintendo Switch uh, PS4. I have like a shitload of consoles. So I, I pretty much like I buy all the consoles so that I can play any game I want. And then I end up just playing the game that I've played a thousand times over and over again. Good. That's, uh, that's kind of more or less what I end up doing sometimes. Um, I'm glad to know you have every console I do. That's good. I need to, uh, spend about 10 minutes adding you on those so that we can play Astroneer on Xbox sometime. Yeah. We'll have to do that. What, uh, one thing I want to, one thing I want to accomplish with this podcast is really being able to talk about, you know, some like, I guess some pleasure points of, uh, of games that I, I, I personally like, like, like Sega Genesis versus, Nin, you know, the NES, the NES and stuff like that. Like, 
I think that's going to be really fun. Um, one of my favorite books um, is uh, Console Wars by um, Blake J. Harris, and he kind of outlined that really well. And I think reading that book is kind of, kind of, I guess, the progenitor of why I wanted to do kind of an informational video games podcast. Like I just, that book is like 650 pages. And I think like in 48 hours, I was, I was done with it. And Holy crap. I had him on one of my earlier podcasts. It's, it's amazing. I really recommend it. I'm not a fast reader. It was just super en- en- engrossing. Let me just put that out there. But I had Blake J. Harris on, on, on a show of mine. Uh, I think he was on like episode four or five of the mother podcast etg and i mean yeah he basically oh man that was that was one of my favorite recordings ever and so talking about video game history is is awesome we also have here in plano texas we also have a the national video game history museum is here and i need to get a subscription for that but it's fucking awesome and if you ever visit i will have to take you there sometime Absolutely. I've I've seen it right several here. times like it's heavily featured in the documentary not for resale and like I watched that recently and I've mm-hmm. wanted to go to that museum for the longest time because it looks so cool. It's so awesome. There are like it's one of those where you're like, oh, yeah, I think I know everything about video games. And then you go in there and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I only know like 40 percent of everything about video games. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy, man. So we're rounding up to about 22 minutes. Um I kind of uh, I feel like this was a good introduction to who you are, the types of games you like. I feel like I touched on not only like indie games, but also like the type of the types of games you grew up with. And I think over the course of this show, people are going to, I think, not only resonate with you, but, you know, they'll learn your personality, my personality. And I think it's the perfect direction for where industry is going to go. Um, I think this episode is going to publish in like a day or two and then. We'll go ahead and start getting the word out. Um, I guess rounding up the show, is there anything you wanted to kind of talk about really quick before we go or maybe some something you wanted to plug like one of your podcasts or not one of your podcasts, your podcast? Uh, yeah, if you guys would like to, and you don't think I'm just kind of a windbag and super annoying, make sure you check out my other podcast. It's at IndiePod on Twitter. It's just IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast. You guys can find it on uh, Google Play. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher. Um, and make sure you check out the other game or the other gaming podcast within the HP Video Game Podcast Network. A bunch of amazing guys, especially Active Quest, good friends of mine. Uh, that's for the most part it. You can check out for written stuff. Check out Parallax Media and Handsome Phantom. They're all amazing. And that's pretty much it for what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, and if you haven't played Undertale, um, I it's been sitting really well with me. It's probably the weirdest game that I think I've ever played. I was looking through my screenshots on um on my Switch and I was just like, wow, that is probably the weirdest experience I've had in games. It's so bizarre. I would say if you have time, Vaughn, to definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to like it. If I end up getting quarantined, I guess if I end up having to stay home for two weeks uh, by the end of this, I'm I'm definitely going to play that one. It's been on my backlog for a long time. Two weeks. Two weeks is um, is liberal. I'll, I'll put it that way. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to Eldar Talks Games Industry. Um, of course, my name is uh, Eldar Basic. Um, go ahead. And if you just go to Spotify or Google Play, or Apple Podcasts and type in Elder Talks Games, you'll see not only this show, but our two other shows as well. 
One is called Neon Talk, which is a uh, Cyberpunk 2077 themed podcast. And the other one is simply called Eldar Talks Games. And that's basically an informational, educational, and uh, interview-based podcast. I think it's about 13 or 12 episodes in right now. That's the main podcast. It's where I talk to everybody on there. So, um, yeah, Eldar Talks Games. You can just type that anywhere, pretty much on the internet, Twitter, Instagram, and you'll get uh, any of our social links. So I think with that, we'll go ahead and stop the episode. Vaughn, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll see you next time.